0: Emotional Cripples is an entertainment podcast which contains frank discussions about mental health. Listener caution is advised.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 4 of Emotional Cripples. I'm Tim Tucker. I'm Andrew Lowe. And today
0: we're going to talk about therapy as a thing, as something you can train to be a therapist... Um, what it involves. Um, people listening to this may be thinking about going into therapy or trying to get out. This thing on, you need to see someone. What is that? Um, how does it work? Why would you do it? Um, we're going to talk to Paul Rose, who's a TV writer, and uh, he's trained to be a therapist himself, and he's going to tell us about what he went through, how that all works, and we thought it'd be really interesting to get that perspective from um, the side of someone who's actually trained to be a therapist and how they try to how they approach people who uh, come to them with uh, with mental health issues or
1: with um, yeah. behavioural behavioural issues. It's an interesting look into that world, isn't it? Actually, and uh, every uh, one of the things that I learned from it is that all therapists have to go through therapy, yeah. which is quite interesting. And he talks a bit about that.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's very funny. He's a comedy writer, and uh, you know, he's mm-hmm. he's um, naturally funny bloke and. Um, I think he's. Mm. It's not. It's not a sort of dry, dry chat about whatever exams you have to take. Uh, I mean, he's actually talking about how you have to go through a period of self-discovery in order to become, in order to help other people. Yeah. Um, you know, with their own. I don't know inner journeys. I suppose for one yeah. better term. So what? What have you been up to this week? We're going to talk about what we've been up to this yeah. week. It's now. It's now. The, the sort of depths of November. Oh. And we're wandering around, everyone saying, "No, it's still quite warm, isn't it? Yeah, it's the sun's out. What's going on?" And, um,
1: yeah. But now I think you can really feel yeah. the bleakness sw- oh. sweeping in. I hate this time of year. <laughs> I do get that seasonal adjusted disorder. What is it? You always, I always correct you. You're seasonal affective disorder. That's it? the one. Yeah, sad. Yeah. It spells sad. Anyway, I know that. Yeah, um, I hate. I think that. that's intentional. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't an accident.
0: The, yeah. Uh, the, how can we, what can we call this disorder? <laughs> But make sure it's relevant. It's contextual. The first uh, ones uh, felt
1: happy, and they thought we can't use that. So uh, <laughs> yeah, um, that's not working. So I get that. I've got a, a lamp and things. I'll talk about that later. But one of the things I, I'm am feeling overwhelmed at the moment, and it's, just, it's mm. something we've touched on a few episodes. But I um I had a recent tragedy in the family. I've had. Mm. My, I work for myself, as you do, Andrew. Um. Mm. So um. That's always major. You never really let go of work when you work for yourself. I've been doing something to help with this, overwhelmingness, because, you know, I've I've realized it's a sort of… Overwhelmingness. Overwhelmingness. That that must be a noun, surely. Um, I'm quite geeky about productivity systems and efficiency systems and ways to clear your mind to get focused. Because a wise man once said to me that the, um, you know, stress comes from being overwhelmed. And the opposite of overwhelmed isn't relaxed. The opposite of overwhelmed is being focused. Yeah. So, actually, if you go on holiday and go, I'm just going to go and relax for a week, it actually makes things worse because you come back to more work. You may have had a couple of days of relaxation, but at the back of your mind, that stuff's still piling up. Yeah. And I'll, anyway, I'll, you're going to get it double. I'll stop you there, yeah.
0: actually, Tim, because mm-hmm. uh, I'm just randomly scrolling through Facebook as we talk, um, which obviously oh, is extremely <laughs> rude. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Really, really yeah. interestingly, I've just seen a thing on my Facebook feed that um, says the trick is to not do more, but focus on less. An there inspirational quote that just came wow. up as you were talking about that. serendipitously Slightly disturbing. That is exactly what you're talking about, isn't it?
1: It is. Yeah, it's about focus. Um, mm. And... So I've used various productivity systems. People often laugh at me about this or they're with me. You know, it's one of those (laughs) things. But um, I've got to recommend the bullet journal method. So I started a bullet Mm. journal about 18 months ago. um, And it's really helped me organize my mind. But I went to see the Ryder Carroll, who's the writer um, of this. What's the name of it? Ryder Carroll. Ryder. Yeah, R-Y-D. Is that an American person? He is. He is American. Yeah. Well spotted. He's a, his, his name is very American. He, he was a web designer and app um, creator who was who's also been diagnosed from an early age with ADHD. So hmm. he had a nightmare getting his thoughts together. Really interesting story. And if you buy his new book, The Bullet Journal Method, he's finally got around to sort of explaining in detail how it came about. Um, yeah. he, he, he developed this system that's just using pen and paper. I quite like this because I've, I've always the one who does apps, online, and you, you, you often say. What about if you don't like apps? Well, this is for people who don't yeah. like apps because it's part of right, its okay. system is getting away from apps, getting away from electronics, and it's a very mm. straightforward, simple in ideas, but um, of organizing your thoughts, but also giving you time to reflect and focus. Um, mm. And he did a brilliant talk on this at Foils last week, where he was talking about how it's not just about being like productive; it's about actually working out what's really important to you in life. Because as you reflect on you know, part of the method is that you reflect in the morning for five minutes and at the end of the day for five minutes on your bullet journal, which is yeah. it's a bit like a, a souped up to do list. But you also have these symbols for things like a symbol for action, a symbol for reflection, a symbol for a note, a symbol yeah. for an event. And and as you reflect, it gives you intention. You start to think, is that really important? Because you can okay. you can just say, like, what's really important and you can really start to focus on it. So I got a lot from you know, even though I've been doing it for 18 months, I've got a lot from hearing him talk about it and reading his new book, the bullet journal method um, yeah. bullet as in B-U-L-L-E-T um, bullet journal. It's, it's, I highly recommend it for people who like that kind of thing where you need a way <laughs> Put to it organize. As in as
0: opposed yeah. to the film was with,
1: with uh, Steve McQueen. That's right. Where there's an eye in it. Yeah. Um, Sorry, yeah. <laughs> it's not that it's nothing to do with Steve McQueen. <laughs> The, but, yeah, and the, the subtitle of the book is Track Your Past, Audio Your Present, Plan Your Future. Um, mm. If you've never tried anything like this and you'd feel overwhelmed, give it well, a go. It, you know, it's funny how the reaction I get to these things because um, sometimes people I literally laugh at me when I say I'm doing this. Yeah. <laughs> but but right. actually, it does help in a lot of circumstances to have a, well, a way.
0: My, my sort of thing, I've tried so many to-do apps and, and, and all yeah. of those things and productivity apps. but. Mm. The way that I have about them is that I just basically use them as procrastination tools, right? Um, yeah, and just go that because that already sounds to me. I'm sure it's. I'm sure it might work for some people, but I would maintain that there's probably some people who just would use it as a procrastination tool um, and would not get past that. I mean, maybe mm. I'm being overly cynical, but I would just go, "Oh, I'll, I'll put a star next to that. Oh, hang on, I'll move that to this list. I'll shift that over there." Oh, it's an hour later oh, I'll have a coffee I'll get back to that in a minute and then I've done fuck mm. all for the morning
1: you know part of his method is that you have to write short he calls it rapid logging and okay. rapid logging means that you can't write long notes in meetings or anything you just write it's got to fit on one line so mm. you can't write must go to the shops to get new towels for bathroom because need to get that in time for the weekend that won't work you just yeah. got to write new towels for weekend I was um, I was turning
0: he... out a little bit there halfway through that sentence actually <laughs> I <Like, that> can <laughs> <go>. see why <laughs> I can see why that's
1: not going to keep you on focus. No, and he he says a lot of people do use journaling to procrastinate. Um, Mm. So he's developed a really good system. And it's it's interesting that he had ADHD because that was his biggest challenge, was keeping focused. Um, No, and just to finish up on this, I think the biggest thing that it makes a difference to any other productivity app or anything is that they often just are to-do lists, as you say. Mm. What this really brought to me was, the idea of intention, the idea that you start tracking what you really want to achieve. Because we, we often fill our to-do lists with stuff that needs doing today that somebody else needs. But actually what you lose track of is those long-term goals, like finishing a novel or um, you yeah. know going to a place you want to go to. And, it, and it's important that you, I think in this method, that highlights that. It brings it to the forefront of what you want to do so you don't lose track of your long-term goals. For me, it really works. Give it a try. Bulletjournal.com as well you can you can read uh, there's a short video on how to do it all you need is a pen and a notepad so it's not like it, um, you need to invest anything in it uh, and i think it's great
0: okay i'll be really quick we've had quite a long intro this week but i'm just going to briefly mention um something i'm just going to read something to you uh man up sit down chin up pipe down uh don't cry grow some balls
1: Great, um, thanks um, for that
0: advice. <laughs> now, <laughs> um, now this is from a song from a band called Idols, I D L E S. Um, they're from Bristol. So they're kind of they're quite a punky sort of UK. Um their sounds very punky, shouty. Um and uh they did an album called Brutalism a couple of years ago, which is a little bit bit sort of rough and ready. But this album is called Joy as an active resistance and it's getting a lot of attention at the moment all their gigs have been sold out and there's a lot of people who absolutely despise them and a lot of people who absolutely worship them which is a really good sign for me so yeah um, so that song is called samaritans and it's got a chorus which is incredible which totally fits us i'll try and get a singer on <laughs> the series too which is this is why you never see your father cry which is a great chorus yeah and that's so this song is all about as as you hear mine up sit down Grow some balls, all the stuff that we've been talking about, about male mental health and all the problems, the problems with this idea of if you're a man, you need to be strong, you need to behave in this way, you shouldn't do this, you should do that. Um, And obviously the problem is if you don't feel those things, but you are a man, Mm. then you start to feel, uh, you know, your self-esteem starts to drop. And, you know, we know where sadly that, uh, that leads for too many men. So, yeah. So yeah, interesting band, and I kind of—I'm um, glad it was know, ironic. Recommend...
1: It wasn't—it wasn't a chant that they wanted us to just do that, just to man up. That's good. Well, yeah.
0: I, I hope—I I hope they're not actually sort of <laughs> suggesting this is the correct way for men to behave. Yeah. <laughs> but I get the feeling that it's a song about toxic masculinity and yeah. all that—you know, the kind of classic stuff and how and why it's a problem. You know, this is why you yeah. never see your father cry is a great sort of rallying call yeah. for. That's yeah. quite a powerful image, you know. A band, mm. lots of teenagers, 20 somethings in the audience, teenage men, teenagers, and just sort of listening to that as opposed to, you know, the usual kind of, uh, mm. sort of, I don't know, swaggery alpha male bullshit. I don't, you know, it's just refreshing to hear a band with that sort of a message, really.
1: It sounds like it's quite um, confrontational as well, because yeah. if if like Coldplay did it, I might not I might not take it as um, well. That's what's, that's what's so well. exciting yeah.
0: about the band because the sound is so is abrasive and punky, and he's a very shouty yeah. kind of singer. So it's not like uh, you know that mm. fucking awful John Lewisification of things where you go, well, it's not authentic <laughs> unless it's like an acoustic version and it's just one person singing it. <laughs> Ideally, like a sort of fey kind of female voice. Um, yes, that's. I love the fact that their songs are actually about quite kind of soft, sort of um, you know, yeah, um, quite internalized, in, internalized issues, sort of you know, mental health issues, really. But they're delivered in this mm. kind of incredibly energized, sort of punky kind of style. Right. So we're here with Paul Rose. Uh, Paul you work with video games and sort of you write for television and things don't you basically yeah
2: I mean the TV stuff is my day job but um I don't know some people might know me better as Mr, <laughs> Mr. Biffo who uh, used to write a teletext games magazine and yeah.
0: I've got a website now yeah and mm. so I mean today we're talking about your well mental health Were because you, you trained to be a practitioner yourself didn't you
2: yeah it was about um oh jeez uh, I trained for about two and a half years um God, I mean, probably about seven years ago now. Hmm. Um, and I got my fitness to practice, and then I, I, I dropped out. I was person-centered, um, so it was Carl Rogers, and if you're familiar with him. Right. Um, humanistic, oh, yeah, right, okay. that was the, the school of practice, which is is kind of the baseline talking therapy. And it's, it's what's called client-led. So right. you'll get, um, uh, you yeah, know, it won't be led by as with CBT, the therapist, it will be led by the client. That's, that's the theory anyway. Okay. It is that the client takes it, at the pace and the speed that they, they need. The trick is the things, the things that you're taught, uh, as a person centered therapist is, um, not directing the conversation in an overt way, okay. but kind of using, uh, the client's own words, if you right, like okay. to steer where things goes, where things go. And, um, for instance, you'll you'll learn to identify kind of you know someone repeats the same phrase over and over again. Right, that tends to be significant. So you might hone in on that, and you might draw okay. attention to things by sort of saying, "Oh, I see that you keep mentioning dot 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 your mother or, or yeah. whatever." Yeah. Um, so it's uh, and there there are positives of that. There are also sort of drawbacks as well. Right, um, as it can be quite open ended.
0: Okay. So we so the problem of being open ended is you're just going to get. You're just going to wander off, down general conversations, and you're never going to really feel there's a lot of progress. You mean? Yeah,
2: it was one of the. Um, I think it was one of the reasons why, in the end, that I thought person-centred isn't the kind of therapy that I mm-hmm. I want to study. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, were well, I able to go back. In the therapy, you know, part of um, training is you have a hell of a lot of therapy. How, was that intense? Was that was that quite a Yes. A distressing experience it was I mean it was hell um, right. it was but at the same time um, you know because I went, went into uh, the, the training I think my life had just sort of hit a bit of an impasse and, yeah. and um, you know a lot of, uh, uh, you know happened to be in quite a short space of time well actually over, over a period of quite a long time where I had a series of sort of quite big bombshells mm. um, but I don't think uh, I, I was in a place where I thought, oh, I'm depressed. I need help or anything like that. Okay. But I knew I needed to change things in my life, if you like. And one of those things, um, yeah, I thought, oh, I need to, you know, I I work in a freelance capacity. You know, there's no security there. I think that's what I was really looking for was a degree of security in my life. Okay. Which I didn't have at the time. So... uh, I, I went to try and change my career and I thought oh yeah therapy that's um, you know I can do that I can do I, I, you know I can be a psychotherapist I mean the irony is that most um, or vast majority of therapists out there don't make a living out of it <laughs> um, yeah, as, which was one of the things I learned on the course was right. you know,
0: the, they do something else as well they, uh, yeah well
2: yeah, yeah, like yeah it's true <laughs> you know the, the, the vast majority of them are volunteers um, which I don't think people realise
0: you said the therapists
2: see other therapists. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, therapy is it's a it's a very sort of strangely incestuous industry. Yeah. Um if you're training, uh, you have to see a therapist yeah, once a week. Yeah. Um therapists who you're seeing have, <laughs> have to have supervision the and they have to see therapists. <laughs> okay. Uh yeah, anyway, but um but the thing that happened to me over the course of, of doing my training was um having not been kind of consciously aware that that I probably needed therapy at the time, mm. was that I kind of realised that I needed therapy. Um, or at least I had a lot of things kind of going on in my life that needed fixing. Uh, and that's that's what happened in a very, very full-on
0: intensive way. You know, traditionally, as we've sort of talked about in the series, men find it more difficult for those of cultural and social reasons to kind of look at themselves a bit more yeah. critically and to kind of you know, to stand to stand to look at themselves. Yeah, I mean it's know. true. I
2: mean, you know, you look at the demographics of, of mm. therapists—they're you know ninety percent female, right? Um, and that was there were there were two other guys in my course, um, and it was a class otherwise of, of I don't know twenty women,
0: right? So, they, so the um, women—the ones who just lasted the, the course of the training—fell and the men um, fell away. Well, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know because I, I I left before uh, before <laughs> the worry? end. I got my fitness to practice. went like, right? That's enough. Yeah. Uh, and that was that was because I'd got out of it what I needed. Yeah. You know, we t- we talked about why men don't get help and why men don't perhaps internalise things more than women and think they can carry all this weight around with them Um, and it's well then we've really thought about the idea of therapy being sort of scary in a a way as therapy being men being worried being scared it will make things worse maybe I mean it's you know I think in
2: terms of men Degree of his cultural, you know, with their conditions yeah. of worth, you know, it, it's that classic one. It was a phrase that we we use quite a lot in training, which was "boys don't cry," mm-hmm. you know, and that gets that gets internalised, um, and it becomes a you know a one a, a thing to live by. You know, I can't, you know, boys don't cry. I'm not going to go and do
0: you know, yeah because we look at it because we we're recording this in September and something came out this week where the footballer Cristiano Ronaldo was was seen crying after a match, and I kind of was really annoyed by the media's reaction to it. And mm. I don't, you know, I know you're not into football, but I don't particularly like Cristiano Ronaldo as a kind of, you know, as his image. Yeah. But, you know, he's basically a 28, 29-year-old I think, year old bloke, and he's in this moment of high drama. Yeah, yeah. High emotional drama. And, you know, he cries. And then the media are just all over him, like yeah. playground bullies, as if, like, oh, look at him, what an idiot crying. And yeah. that's the whole problem, isn't it? That it the is, media absolutely. Yeah. They're okay with, you know, positive... Cheering, mm. shouts of aggression and positivity and laughter—all and yeah. these things. But at the moment but, you yeah. cry, yeah, it's, uh, it's seen as weakness. Uncomfortable, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But I
2: think, uh, you mm. know, I was very much I bought into all that prior to doing my training. Yeah. Um, and now, uh, God, I, it's like the the you know the taps are turned on. And <laughs> you, you, know, <laughs> you know, when you haven't quite turned off a tap, it's always dripping. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's even this morning. I was. I was. Talking a mile and a half about something, and I was like, oh, I've got to stop talking because I can feel myself crying, and like, yeah, I've got one to do. But um, okay. it it it's made me very much more in touch with you know my feelings. Really. Yeah. Compared but to- I did I did lose a degree of faith in the therapy industry. Yeah. Um, and that was that was ultimately what what did it that I hmm. felt um, that the course that I was on, it it had been very much on a knife edge for quite a while. And I felt, uh, in terms of its funding and in terms of the, the, the course existing. And I felt that certain people were being pushed forward in order to, um, who weren't perhaps quite ready to be therapists yet. Yes. Um, and when it reached the point that these people were being given their fitness to practice and going out and seeing clients, (laughs) I mean, there were, there were just lots of little things that, that, they do, which were things that I, from my studies, had, had been told this is a no-no, such as the therapist sitting there taking notes, which I know that's a sort of classic, um, you know, uh, sketch show kind of thing, yeah. the, the therapist sitting there. But yeah. you're not meant to have written records of your client's yeah. um, feelings and, and the like. And I had one guy who said they're just taking notes the whole time. Mm. I had one who... He was, he was a weird guy <laughs> he would sit in the corner of the room in in the shadows and he had a big placing the wall yeah <laughs> Blair Witch style yeah. but no he had a big kind of doll with a beard which I could only ever see the sort of bottom half of his face so it was a little <laughs> bit creepy he was a long way away from me across the room and right. um, he he uh, He just sort of stroked his beard and went, oh, you know, this is going to take a long time to sort out. And it was like, right, okay, no, (laughs) I'm not going with you anymore. Then I had one who um, she uh, started talking to me about something that was clearly... Another client's issue, thinking it was
0: me. <laughs> uh, and the problems you have with your ectopic pregnancy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Goes, no, 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 exactly. no. no, no not.
2: Yeah, but she. I remember she asked me. She said. Um, she said so. I want to. I want to talk about um, you being uh, too scared to open the, the post when it comes. <laughs> and the stupid thing was, I was so thrown by it. I, pl- I went along with it. Right. It was on my show. It was like, I know, the whole time I so had these little points. You're someone else's issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so got, I got, great. I got therapy for, so I didn't have an, even right. have an issue with. So,
0: so in the future, if you do have problems with that, you've got sort Yeah, I'm sorting of, now. A sort of pre-made, yeah. Yeah. kind of coping um, strategy. Wow. Yeah. Let's take some heat off you for a second. I've seen about a few therapists and yeah. quite a few of them were women and I found I got on better with the women. Definitely. Right than a man but that's interesting because that made me think maybe that's part of the issue well yeah Yeah. that's exactly it you know we bring
2: you know it's that oh god who was it that said it but it's it's the old quote you know we don't see things as they are we see them as we are you know we bring stuff to any relationship yeah Um, and I mean that was one of the things I had to learn in in therapy and it's, it's actually it served me really well is being aware even something as simple as my physicality you know I'm a big bloke right. um, and how that can potentially impact upon other people yeah. you know so I'm big
0: I'm a bloke um right. you know so people it, might be intimidated by you for instance yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, and, and that might impact on the relationships and exactly and you're, the relationship not, you're not noticing it and you're wondering why they're being strange funny with me yeah then, it's absolutely that
2: yeah well it was one of the things that I I think slightly internalized it was like you know yeah. that whole Thing of having broad shoulders, both sort of literally yeah. and metaphorically. I think people expected me to be, you know, yeah. in quotes, strong um, because, you know, big shoulders. Yeah. Right. Uh, but uh, I never gave myself the permission to be weak. Right. Um, right. Weak, and again, that's in quotes. Yeah. I mean, I do, you know, I do wonder if, again, if it, if it is that sort of condition of worth. Uh, yeah, the, this is not to say that women don't have pressure, mm. but. There is certainly, you know, in our society, a degree of, oh, the man's got to be the breadwinner. Uh, you know, yeah. it, it's, you know, of course, that's nonsense. But, yeah. you know, I think men take can be prone to taking on a lot of that themselves. Yeah. Um, and when that conflicts with the realities of life, sometimes they uh, yeah. you know, it creates
0: crisis. And there's a cultural thing where I read Robert Webb's book *How to Be a Boy*, where he, mm. he basically says that his father was very unreconstructed, and yeah, you know, and when you grow up in that that environment, then and you're sort of told not to do things, not to cry, not to be yeah. open about your feelings, but then you're feeling the things that are making you feel like crying, and they're making you feel like they're still one. there, yeah. They're still there, but you're not allowed to express yeah. them. So what do you do with them? Then That's... you can see <laughs> you've got that build up of yeah. toxic.
2: It's so, meant that, yeah, my dad's generation, you know, I really feel for my dad. My dad really struggles with feelings. Right. Um, uh, You know, he's 84 now, I think. Yeah. Uh, he, he and I've got this sense as he sort of got older in life that, at least certainly in the last sort of five or six years that there's part of him that the feels that time's running out mm. and he wants to kind of, you know, tell the people that he loves, that he loves but he's still blocked. But he can't yeah. do it. I mean, yeah. you know, it was, it was tragic, last year really? sometime. He, he patted me on the back and he never patted. I've never had a hug on my dad like oh my literally god, ever he patted me I mean I wow. nearly you know I went outside and that was it I nearly went, broke down what? my dad's <laughs> just touched me oh my god uh, but I remember yeah. my mum my mum once um, I don't know what they're talking about she, uh, she said to, to my dad um, oh why don't you ever tell Paul that you love him yeah and my dad said I don't need to he knows I like him yeah <laughs> like he literally yeah. couldn't say the words well. As, as much as I got slightly disillusioned by therapy as an industry, yeah. um, it taught me tools or gave me tools that I can use in life. I mean, yeah. it, it was yeah. you know I'm. I mean, sometimes it gets a bit exhausting, but you know I, I if I'm feeling something, I will go right. What is that yeah. about? Yeah, um, have a look at it. Yeah, yeah, examine
0: it. Try and work it out. It's Why that. Am I behaving yeah. that way? It, and
2: it's I, only scary. I always find if it, it, it's it's like hearing a noise under your bed. Um, it's probably a pipe but if you don't shine <laughs> a, a torch under there... Just to check it's not a troll. Yeah, you know, yeah. If you don't shine that light, you it's going to stay, going stay scary. You know, <laughs> you're going to stay under the covers and not yeah. come
1: out.
0: So Paul is basically... Paul was a therapist. He trained to be a therapist. Uh, as you heard, we talked around, about, around the houses a bit, but it was a nice kind of way to look at somebody who had tried to train to be on the other side and... Uh, and I mean, it's quite a difficult one, isn't it? I mean, he and as he was saying, you know, we we've touched on this a lot throughout this throughout this series about um, where the, where male where male mental health difference is different uh, because of that perceived notion of masculinity and the perceived idea of um, yeah, well, if you're if you're a man, then you should be able to sort of shoulder more. Yeah. You should
1: be able to cut with yeah, the shoulder or yeah. we'll just, you know, get on with it. It's because 'cause I, I've I mean I've had that yeah. thought myself. it's an internal thought as well. But <clears throat> recently I've been having quite a low mm. patch and I've been having this opposite thought, which is let it out. Because I think um you mentioned it in yeah. the interview, with Paul. I really could do with a good cry. Yeah. But it won't come out. It comes out as this mm-hmm. sort of um angst and anxiousness and bottled up but i'm trying to work out whether that actually what what that means is that all that repression right. of not crying when you're younger has ended up with it being hard to i because think so yeah. i don't know if that's i possible. think so yeah mm. i think
0: that's right no but i think the problem with the problem with male mental health is that you're you're seen as uh as we've talked about before you're seen as weak if you if you release that kind of negative emotion but you're not seen as weak if you're laughing, or if you're cheering, or if you are go "come yeah. on" at a football game, or whatever.
1: That's, or angry, or yeah. angry, yeah. yeah.
0: So I think that a lot of men, I know I do. This is if you say you're having a down period. I've had a few ups and downs the last couple of weeks, and I find that what comes out with me is anger. It's just sort of like
1: it I just get sense, angry yeah.
0: with people on the roads, or
1: it's not. I mean, there's nothing wrong with anger per se. You know, yeah. as um, as John Lydon <laughs> uh, reminded us, it is an energy.
0: <laughs> and uh, also um, also Zach de la Rocha from, uh, oh, really? from Regimental Machine. <laughs> yeah, he famously said, anger is a gift. So,
1: oh, right. Yeah, well, you know, but, <laughs> but it, it can, when it's, un, when it's replacing something else, which maybe could be grief or, yeah, you problem. know, maybe when it's, then it's not necessarily very healthy, is it, at that, that stage?
0: play this sort of iPad chess game right it's like an online chess so you can basically play people everywhere and you see the, the flag where they come from so they play and there's a little chat window and no one ever uses it it's very rare yeah. you just send you pretend to play quick 10 minute games but really occasionally you get somebody who will send a little message in the chat window the most disturbing thing about it and I think it is this anger thing coming out there's a guy the other day and he sort of I was playing and he posted a banana an emoji of a banana And the three drops of water, right? (laughs) And I I just put a question mark. Yeah. And he said yeah, and he said, that's me jizzing on your face. (laughs) 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 So
1: (laughs) how did you respond to that? (laughs)
0: It was sort of, I made a porn move, he made a porn move, I moved my night, a couple of things had happened, and then he posted the banana in the water. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but you just think, um, where's that come from, you know? So what else What else did Paul talk about?
1: Yeah, he, because um, it is useful. I really liked his metaphor about um, the monster and, and you know, shining a light on it and, and, it, and it helping sometimes mm. to go, oh, that's what it is, you know. It's not a monster, you yeah. know. It's a, um, but I also think as soon as possible, moving on from that. So I hope I hope it hasn't put off people from therapy. I think therapy is really useful. Um it's just yeah. when you indulge in therapy for too long, or you've got the wrong therapist, that I think is what one of the big things well, I learned from him.
0: I think that's the main point: is that you've got to get used to. Um, you know, you won't. You might not immediately sit down with the right person yeah. the first time you do, but that's not a reason to not try. Mm. Um, and and. It's a bit like this. The relationship uh, uh, writer broadcaster Dan Savage he says all relationships will fail until one doesn't. Yeah. Um, so instead of instead of sort of thinking, oh, I'm fucked up. I'm useless at relationships. I've ruined this. I ruined that. Mm. Then um, oh, I've got a string of failed relationships behind me. It's sort of that's quite normal. You know, that's yeah. pretty normal. It's really rare for you to find someone and connect and then yeah, stick on. with them. Yeah. Uh, it's all part of how you move on and grow and change, mm. and it's. And I think that's probably the same with therapists. You're going to be. You're going to have to go to quite a few therapists yeah. before you find. I went to one who told who uh, used Russian dolls. Have I told you this? No. Who who used? He basically got some Russian dolls out and said, "This is this is you. This is the you know." It's just <laughs> like fuck
1: <laughs> off. <laughs> Which ones, me? There's loads of them. Yeah, <laughs> I really did. Yeah, you know, just sort yeah. I do think one of the reasons we don't talk, at least one of the reasons I don't talk to, to um, my family or friends all the time is that quite a lot of the time if I'm going through a down patch and I'm feeling really depressed, <laughs> yeah. I know nobody wants to hear me talk about that all day. You know, I, I know I yeah, wouldn't. I mean, you know? <laughs> so um, it, right. it'd be nice to have a safe person you could go and talk to who who absorbs all that yeah. You know, because the, the wife and the kids are not going to want to hear it every day for three weeks no. you know and sometimes that's what it feels like
0: but that's also guilt isn't it that's also a lot of guilt comes from that where you think yeah. people don't want to hear this yeah and um it's been it's self-indulgent to to yeah true you know, yeah spray it spray it everywhere mm. so so it's sort of you need to go and go and offload that on somebody
1: who
0: yeah. who it's just a professional
1: mm. uh analysis it's nothing emotional yeah as you say, I think it was a really fascinating insight into therapists and therapy's way of working. But I do think I do hope people don't leave with too negative a view of it. I think perhaps I don't know if this is feasible, and we can cut it out if not. But if there's any way we can get people who listen to this to contribute, like via social media or email, some insights into their own positive or negative experiences with thera- any kind of therapy, I think it would totally, be yeah, helpful to yeah. see that because um, and share it because uh, you know I think. You know, if nothing else, you know one of the things I've noticed is if it doesn't work first time, a lot of people give up, and that's awful. You know, because mm. they go to therapy and go, "It didn't work," and you only saw one person who could have been not even a bad yeah, therapist; that's... they could have just been wrong for you. You know. Okay, so
0: please send us your feedback. The usual uh, cry for <laughs> cry for contact, and um, this it'd be great if you could go to your. Wherever you get podcasts and leave us a review, leave us some sort of comment. Yeah, just I, a scroll of some, of some description.
1: A, a five star um, rating would be useful, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, if you're not going to leave five stars, don't bother. Yeah, it's five, five or just nothing. Just leave five stars.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, even if you hate it, even if you just despise me or Tim or both of us, all this, yeah. what we're talking about, just go and leave us five stars. <laughs> just put, do something good and leave something positive in the world. Yeah for the just, rest of your miserable life.
1: yeah <laughs> it's not at, hard. Least, at least leave. All we're asking for is for you to yeah, tap so it just, on screen <clears throat> on that fifth star, that's all. So, uh, no, that'd be yeah. really useful because I mean, that's how not, people find this. And, um, you know, we want to reach more people. It's not a people.
0: big sort of thing out of your life, is it? No. Just a little two seconds. Jesus yeah. Christ, you know. <laughs> anyway, um, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just, just go and just do it, please. Yeah. Um, uh, and if you don't, we know as well because we're we're checking the stats literally. Yeah. Because it's still quite early. There's not a huge amount of listeners at the moment. Mm-hmm. We'll know. We can see if you've listened to it and you haven't bothered to leave a review. We've actually got, got your it. IP address.
1: Yeah.
0: We've got friends who are hackers. <laughs> you know, we we're coming for you. Um, so just threats is good at this stage.
1: So, uh, <laughs> 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 try but the carrot. Yeah, if a review,
0: you could lose something. That'd be yeah, great. But seriously, though, um, it'd, be, it'd be great if you could lose a review. And uh, then, you know, Apple's algorithm people or whoever will notice and hopefully sort yeah. of publicizes a little bit
1: more. So next week we'll be talking to Ben Grasby, who is um, a master mm. practitioner and trainer in NLP. Um, he trained me in NLP, yeah. uh, all-around fabulous bloke. Um, so I point you... He's sort of like the Ben Kenobi of NLP, he is, he is, he is my uh, he's, he lives in Glastonbury as well, so he's, he's kind of like my guru, really. Um, but anyway, Does he live on um, top of that got, hill with the, the tour. No, he doesn't. No, have you ever been to Glastonbury it's shame, recently? Man. It's it is such a hippie yeah, place, well, I think. Everyone there yeah, is a hippie. I have. <laughs> yeah. um,
0: it's anyway, just vegan pasty shops, isn't it? And um, yeah, and tie dye, yeah.
1: anyway, of things. um, that's. He talks about how um, NLP applies to all mental health and males, especially. Hmm. Um, So do tune in and we'll see you next time. When you say NLP, when you say NLP, can you just say what that Hmm. means? It means neuro-linguistic programming, Andrew. (laughs) Um, Which is a bit of a mouthful and a bit of a headful as well. And it's one of those often misunderstood disciplines but um, mm. all will be clear if you tune in next time I'm a big believer in it um, I, I apply it to my own life when I'm uh, in trouble and when I'm not yeah. Um, so yeah it's uh, it's all about how you can use your mind your language and your kinesthetics your body to to improve the way you approach your life um, I'll leave it like that for now because it takes a lot of explaining and we're going to go into it next episode So okay see you next time Emotional Cripples was devised and performed by Andrew Lowe and Tim Tucker Designed by Stuart Baish All music by The Weathermonger.
0: If you have been affected by the issues in this podcast uh, you can call the Samaritans in the UK on 116 123 or if you're outside the UK and Ireland check out Befrienders.org You'll find the link in the show notes